Hello, everybody, and welcome to a slightly different episode today. Um, man, I'm totally not going to edit this guy, so I'm going to apologize ahead of time. I'll probably just trim out the silences, but I was asking a little bit in the Discord the other day because people were asking questions, so I feel like it's time to do another State of the Pod. Um, everything's been going great. It's super crazy. I love having... Uh, let me just... I think there's like 50 people or so on our Discord channel. There's a link in the... Um, fuck. There's a link in the description for the, the podcast thing here. Um, or any of our Reddit posts and that kind of stuff. But like, there's like 50-ish people on our little Discord that are chit-chat every day a little bit. Which is crazy. Uh, it's... I still find it a little weird because I'm a terrible person to have people that are like excited about the show that aren't on the show. It, it's still a little bit of a weird thing to me. Um, other recent things are we just finished up the uh, just finished up the Halloween special. Mary Sue went and ran a game of Call of Cthulhu for us. You guys have probably seen the uh, seen the Call of Cthulhu intro that is up. The edited version, the intro, well, the intro's not edited, but the intro, both parts of the episode, and then the outtakes are all up on the front public-facing portion of our Patreon page, so that if you guys want, link in the thingamajig, uh, you can go by there, download it, and see what happened as Mary's who tried to be spooky and kill us all, or at least drive us insane. Um, I hope to have other fun announcements coming up in the next month or two, but I have been extra busy trying to make sure that I get the Halloween special episode edited and keeping up with the rest of our episodes because I I can't miss an episode. It drives me nuts. Um, Next month, myself and the girlfriend are going to New Orleans for the Eagle Saints game. So if anybody's down there, drop me a line and maybe we can meet up at a bar or something afterwards. I don't know. Um, so I got to get ahead of myself to make sure that I have episodes ready to go so that they can be automatically taken care of and I don't lose um and I don't lose that time on my end because I I would love to go all year round from now until February 1st or 2nd whatever it is in February that uh we have that release on and not have missed a single episode that would be a huge feather in my cap, and I would be super excited about it, but that is like four months off, and we have some holidays coming up. Hooray. Uh, so I guess that's enough about me. I've had some questions that I solicited from people, um, just because in the Discord people were asking me certain things. I'm like, man, that's a good question. Other people were like, oh, yeah, you know, that that sounds interesting. And I was like, all right, you know what? Let me let me get this recorded. Let me get a questions from a bunch of people, and I will try to answer them all to the best that I can. So I'm going to do this kind of in two parts. There's going to be just the normal, free, easy-to-listen part that uh, I answer everything up to, uh, let's say, episode 39. So, but right before they get the new job that they're about, that they just started. So I'll answer stuff based upon that and that kind of stuff so that there's no spoilers for anything coming up and then I'll drop in our little theme music and then I'll warn you again because after that I will answer questions that are spoilery to what we have recorded already because we're like the like the run that they just got um 
I think episode 38 or 39, they have just completed that run and had an additional session after completing that run that um, gives me like two months of time before you guys catch up to that. So I don't want to go super crazy. Like I can't, I can't tell you what's going to happen in one of the December episodes because we're not that far ahead. Um, and some of that stuff will be subject to change because by the time, by the time the stuff that I talk about in this episode, those episodes release, the cast may have done something completely crazy and thrown everything to the wind, and all of a sudden, you know, instead of shadow runners, they're professional rock stars or cyber pirates of the Caribbean or something crazy like that. Um, I'm going to start with some of the Reddit questions because there was only two of them, and it's a lot easier to knock them out and then go to the, the other pile of questions I have. Uh, so the first one is from Magnem Endomatic Oxygen, I can't speak, asks, when will we see the one and only Mary Sue triumph over Morgana? Because apparently we've gotten into a hashtag Team Morgana and hashtag Team Mary Sue on the Discord a little bit, mostly as a joke. There are also a couple of people who are like hashtag Team Margaret and hashtag Team Mama, which I find adorable, but... Um, the direct answer is Mary Sue will never triumph over Morgana. Man. Mary Sue will never triumph over Morgana. Never. Um, and I actually really like that whole situation. It's one of my favorite parts of the, uh, the actual play. Um, every once in a while, people will ask just general GM advice of like, man, how do you guys do a recurring villain? And my answer is always, you don't. You know, um... The vampire, way back in the first little incident at Paradynamics, I had the idea before we went into that 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 would be a recurring guy that would crop up in some fashion. However, Richard put a giant pile of bullets into him, and Boz cut his head off. Well, <laughs> I guess he's not coming back. So, Shadowrun's one of those games that you don't need... A recurring villain to be good. You don't need some big bad evil guy because your characters aren't heroes. They're just people. And that's one of the things I love about the show is that each of the different cast members has different things going on and I make it a point to to poke those things. I mentioned we were... Um, I mentioned we just finished up that run and I have, before our next full recording session, I have two cast members, I'm not going to say who, that I need to poke for downtime things that are going on in their world. And I have at least one other cast member that has uh, that has something that they want to do that they're coming to me about. But I'm like, all right, well, you and you, we got a thing, we got to finish, we got uh, to gotta figure out a time that we can sit down and have like an hour, hour and a half to, to hash some things out and to go through that. And then some of the other stuff is, is minor, but still kind of important. Um, so yeah, no, Mary Sue will never triumph over Morgana. And I guess the to bring it back now that I've gone on a complete tangent is I love the fact that Mary Sue hates her because everybody else sees it for what it is. Each of the other characters is like, yeah, no, she's a powerful crime boss person. Like, we, you should not piss her off. And Mary Sue's like, no, she's mean. Meh. I'm Mary Sue. I'm perfect and sunny and perfect. 
Love you, Mary Sue. Um, so the fact that one of the players or one of the characters sees their uh, has this idea in their mind that this character is no good for them and is a recurring character, and they see them as the villain, but <sighs> Shadowrun's one of those morally great things. Is she actually a villain? Maybe. Has she done bad things? Absolutely, because you don't become a fixer without doing bad things. Has she done good things? Well, look at what she's already done for the team, you know? So that's it's an interesting, crazy little situation that happened. You know, I didn't plan for it. Mary Sue didn't plan for it. It's just the way that the relationship evolved. Um, J-Rex asked, how much prep goes into the editing of an episode? Well, I actually did a video on my YouTube channel. I'll put a link on response to your YouTube question, and I guess I'll put it in the description too. Um, what I usually do is I grab my headset, I grab a drink, and I find a playlist that's an hour or two long or something like that on YouTube, turn the music way down low, and then open up Audacity and just start getting to it. Um, I usually go through... So I grab my file, right? And then what I will do is I will run like a click removal in Audacity, which helps to pull out any of the super high pops that are, you know, annoying to listen to. I will then run some noise cancellation so that if there's some background noise like my air conditioner or a fan or something like that that I can see in there because after doing it for a while you start to see the matrix and you're like oh that's an um that's a lip smack before somebody's talking and that like thicker line there is some minor background interference and I'll take that and I'll noise reduce I'll use the noise reduction feature to remove that then I'll truncate the silence out of it to shorten a lot of the pauses so that things that, you know, somebody looking up a dice pool or something, and there's, say, 30 seconds of silence, the program automatically goes in, sees that 30 seconds, and drops it way down to, like, two seconds or whatever I have the settings for. I don't remember. Take that, export it as a WAV file, drop that into Level Editor. Um, I can shoot you that link as well on the, the Reddit response. From there, that program automatically goes in and balances out the sounds individually. It's basically witchcraft. I don't know how it works. When that's done, I will open that up back in Audacity, convert it to an MP3 file, and that is my raw file. That should have all of the sounds, uh, all of the sound levels roughly even, and then that goes off to the side. And then I start going through, and I find all the and all the <coughs> and the those annoying sounds that you don't really know are there unless you have a visual representation of it in front of you. And then I just start picking that stuff out. It takes me probably twice as long as the final product to get it finished, but during that time, I'm a terrible person. I'm shitposting on Reddit. I'm shitposting on the Discord, on the Shadow on the Shadowcaster Discord. Sometimes I'll alt-tab over to a game like RimWorld or Oxygen Not Included or something that's low-impact like that that I can do a couple of moves, pause, and then come right back to depending upon what I'm doing. Like when I uh, when I hit something like the Trunscate Silence, that occasionally takes a couple of minutes. So while that's going, I go and I play a couple of rounds in a game or something. Um, 
so it takes me a little bit longer than that time to to do. For example, this past Saturday, I edited the two hours-ish of the second part of the Halloween episode. It took me more or less all day, but I got up and went and made a sandwich and ate something and watched the short video on YouTube. I clicked over into something else and wasted some time there and then just kind of kept coming back to it little bit by little bit. Um, so I guess that's kind of my my prep is to just like find some music, find some, uh, make sure I got a drink and that kind of stuff. Make sure the cats aren't going to bother me, food, water, that kind of stuff. Um, that's, that's kind of it. Uh, he also says that he knows me. The amount of prep going into the run is going to be much lower, which is why he didn't ask. You're right. I believe somebody else did ask about uh, some of my run prep, and they're about to be disappointed by how little I actually do. All right, coming back over to my little Google Doc where I have a bunch of questions from people. Um, the first one, and I'm Magdalena? M-A-G-D-A-L-E-N-A. I'm not even going to try the last name. I think I know who this is. Um, she asks, what is Morgana thinking about the shadow feud with Mary Sue? And how can Mary Sue conquer her? Morgana is amused by the situation. Uh, there's a couple of different ways that I think I've tried to get this across. There was the first time she met Chuck, and she hands him a $500 cred stick to be like, do something nice for her. And that was probably some of the the best spent money that she has ever spent in the past couple of weeks, you know. Here's 500 bucks, and she knows that this poor innocent guy is going to try and be nice to her, or try to be nice to Mary Sue, and Mary Sue is just going to, this is going to be great. Because, you know, she's a crime boss person. What's 500 million to her? She doesn't give a shit. Uh, how can Mary Sue conquer her? She can't. Sorry. That's uh, it's just not going to happen. Uh, Kurt asked a couple of questions. He asked, what are your house rules? I know you mentioned some about the rigging and Matrix in general, but what are some others? Um, so for for rigging, I allow jumped-in riggers to use their choice of physical attributes or mental attributes in place of a whichever one they want. Um, to use gunnery as an example, because that's a giant pain in the ass as far as rules go. Uh, typically, it calls for an agility test. Unless you're in VR, then it's like a logic test, and then it depends. There's, It's a mess, because it talks about using the control device action. The control device action says to make the test as if you are using the actual attribute and skill, and it's like, you know what? These two things are in such a state of uh, word salad that I don't care. So what I'm going to do in order to make your life and my life and everybody at the table's lives easier. If you are jumped in and you wish to use gunnery to shoot something, you may use your logic or you may use your agility. I don't care because this gives riggers a bunch of options. It lets them, um, if you don't use these kinds of rules for riggers, they need high agility and high reaction to be able to do piloting and to do gunnery stuff. They need high intuition, because intuition is matrix initiative, it is physical initiative, it is defense test, it is perception test, it is knowledge skills. And intuition is your number two stat after your number one stat. It should always be at your maximum for your meta type, minus one, with your, um, whatchamacallit, 
like if you're a street sam your agility should be maxed but your intuition should be max minus one um so in addition to that they would also need willpower to defend themselves from hackers just as you know defense tests is use willpower um extra stun boxes are always great and things like composure and when you have to eventually deal with dumb shock because sooner or later you're going to get dumb shocked um and then body because everybody needs body to have you know i always recommend at least three body three willpower so that you have 10 boxes instead of nine because that that's 10 percent more than 10 percent but i'm not a math person um that's a lot more hps for the lack of a better term as to how much you can stay alive and that kind of stuff um by allowing riggers when they are jumped in and really only when they are jumped in to i say only when they're jumped in because when they are not jumped in the rules are very cut and dry you have that weapon mount in your hand you're rolling agility to shoot it um so when the riggers are using their control rig this means that they can build a more logic focused rigger so that they can make repairs on stuff and they can have the good intuition they don't have to worry about their reaction and their agility as much because now you can you don't necessarily dump them but you don't need high agility high reaction high willpower high agility high reaction high logic high intuition good willpower and good body and it just makes you less mad or multi-attribute dependent man that was a lot on riggers um for the matrix in particular decking and technomancy for for deckers unless we roll initiative i do not care what your matrix array and programs are it is trivially easy to change your attribute and your programs to be whatever you want whenever you want right if you're not an initiative i can hack on the fly you i can spend three minutes changing my array around just screwing with it and then um doing whatever it is i want i don't need you to like all right i'm gonna hack on the fly so i set my sleaze at six i run this program give me plus two so i have a limit of eight no too much time do not care because it doesn't matter your highest matrix attribute on your deck is a five awesome you have a six for any of your tests you're doing until you're in initiative because outside of initiative it doesn't matter you don't have any action economy to worry about because you can take as long as you want between actions um smoke and mirrors is a stupid fucking program so i don't i don't expect you to try and break it because it'll be one of those things you won't beat me right like you can fight back and forth with me on things or we can work together to tell an interesting story but if you insist on fighting to be like oh well this is the rules and i built all this noise i'm like stop just it's not that important bro Sooner or later, you're going to fail a hack-on-the-fly test, and I'm going to get a mark on you anyway, and all of your sleeves doesn't matter for anything. It's just... stop. Um, I don't use the device modification rules from Data Trails because they are broken, and they will break your game. I don't use AIs because their rules do not work, and they are... they are a clusterfuck. Um, I don't use foundations, but I have an alternate suggestion. Foundations are really weird in the way they work, and it's the kind of thing where the puzzle makes sense to us as the people who design the puzzle, where the where the players have an additional problem. I did a thing in my one of my Shadow Walking games on my YouTube channel. Uh, I should really make a list of the things that I need to uh, put a link to. The Technomancer in the group 
they had found a they recovered a research material which was the veggie state body of somebody that donated their body to science turns out that person was a technomancer and that their living persona and their meat had gotten separated leaving their body in a vegetative state body got donated to science experiments somebody stole the research and the experiment thing johnson hires runners get the thing back the technomancer being resonant is able to see that this thing is a technomancer and through the resonance is able to make contact with the um with the personality on the other side of the resonance and it's like well shit now what do we do because this person is not alive but sort of alive the technomancer decides i'm gonna go get them back it's like all right so here's what we're gonna do they skin link with the technomancer they have a little conversation with the persona the persona reaches a hand out and they kind of grab hands and the pulls the technomancer in technomancer wakes up in another world and looks around and sees like the matrix the movie like the the green lines and stuff but sees some of that weirdness around them and sees four other shapes three other shapes i think it was and as they look at them they get the feeling that this shape reminds them of their friend and what happened then was i gave that player a character sheet because we were going to play dungeon world sent them a link to the article the the website online that they have set up with like the srd where you can see the playbooks and stuff and they were like all right you're gonna be a druid and you're gonna be a fighter and you're gonna be something else i don't remember what it was and i had another player jump in and play as the persona of the person they were trying to rescue and then they went on an adventure now I like this over the foundation rules because one, you can drop down a thing at Dungeon World or probably most powered by the Apocalypse games and everybody can really understand it quickly because it's a simple 2d6 system, 1 to 6 fail, 79 partial success, 10 plus full success. That's really it. And all of the stuff on it is really right there. Um, so it gives you a, a different night and since, since these aren't really the character's since these aren't really the players' characters, they aren't attached to them. So they can go and they can embrace the tropes. They can go crazy with the ideas. They can really lean hard into that terrible dwarf accent because they know that this is just for fun. I would do... Well, that was annoying. My headset died and then went on mute. So I guess this is me mushing it into the first part. Hooray. Work. Um... Ah, da -ba -da -ba -ba. So instead of using the foundation rules, which are really convoluted, really cripple non-deckers, because when you're in there, your guy that invested all of his points into being an awesome street samurai can't use his awesome street samurai skills effectively. He's stuck using your deck attributes and stuff. He doesn't get to use his, uh, his attributes, that kind of thing. And you get around all of the crazy confusion, and you can just cut loose. Um... Another system I would highly recommend for doing something like that would be Savage Worlds, because Savage Worlds is rather rules light and is built from the ground up to be a uh, like a setting agnostic. Like it is a it is a framework for you to build settings on. So once people know the rules, you could go on a foundation run one week where you're cowboys. You could go on an astral journey the next where you're pirates. You could go on a, some other weird um, like ultraviolet host run 
the week after is Space Rangers or something like that. It's just more, uh, it's easier to do that kind of weird shit than it is for a super crunchy game like Shadowrun to do that kind of shit because there's just way too many things in it that start bumping against each other and just breaking. Uh, I got a piece of paper here, so I'm going to start writing down the shit. I got a dungeon. Uh, Kurt continues to ask, I know you're reactive, but do you have things you want to happen that you just adapt to whatever the players are doing, or is everything just freeform? I am sure people will be shocked to realize how little control I have over everything that's going on. I have some ideas in my head that are... Like, I know the next run that they're going to go on. I know one of the big curveballs that I'm going to throw at them, but outside of that, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I could take a guess one or two ways that it could turn out, but at the end of the day, I don't actually know what's going to happen. Um, I build the run with my players. It's a situation where it's like, look, here's the job. I don't care how you complete it but we're going to work together to find out how we get there. Like with the train job, I think it was cut from the episode because we were talking about it. Somebody brought up the idea of like, well, we could break into the train yard where they are stashing, where they are moving the train cars around, and we could hide the car that we're supposed to delay from getting to Seattle somewhere in the train yard, just like back in the, in the bones section. And one of the other players was like, well... Yeah, we could, but that doesn't sound nearly nearly as exciting as robbing a train. And it's like, well, you know, this is your guys to to do what you want. I'm not going to stop you, but uh, that would have totally worked. Not something I thought of at all. They could have done something as simple as just like getting in there, dropping a pile of explosives, and driving away. They could have tried to get a rocket launcher and just shot that train car. You know, just um. I have some ideas for things that might happen down the road, but there's potentially super, super spoiler things in there. Um, but I wouldn't even mention them in, like, the spoiler section, because this is so far down the road. Um, like, I had a conversation with Mary Sue, she was talking about some advancement stuff, and it gave me some ideas. I'm like, uh, this idea is, like, six months out. <laughs> it's um, it's kind of crazy in that regard. Um, I don't restrict them from doing anything i don't tell them no when we sat down to start the show it was like look we're we are making a audio entertainment product right so we're doing it through the medium of Shadowrun and the Shadowrun game but this is something people are going to listen to to enjoy so we're going to try to make it interesting which is why we stole from a we had a train robbery instead of just blowing it up with a rocket launcher and that kind of stuff um so they know that to try and make things more interesting and there's oh boy there's an interesting night that i can't wait to release for you guys um the the next question that kurt has is how much planning do you do for the runs for example the train job how much of that was pre-planned i guess i'm asking how much prep you do i do very little I knew that when we talked, because uh, we had a conversation, like a production meeting before Michael left, and we talked about some things, and then during the, the recording session, Boz said something about uh, going and checking in on her family, and I asked Boz's player, and I was like, well, where is your family? He's like, well, in, in Detroit. I'm like, okay. 
at that point I got the idea. I was like, all right, clearly Morgana is going to set them up in a way. She's not going to foot the bill for this, right? She is going to send them to Detroit because that's where Boz's player said that her family was. Like, here's the deal. I will get you into Detroit so you can see your family, but you got to do a thing for me. And doing a run in Detroit isn't nearly as interesting, I don't think, because none of the um, none of the consequences are really matters. Like you can go hog wild, you can shoot the place up, and you know, by the end of the day, you're not there anymore. So I wanted to do something that would we're gonna get you to Detroit and then bring you back. So it was like a convoy, a train, or a plane are really the only ways to do it. Planes are too fast and uh, really dangerous because, you know, if they're on the plane and it starts to crash, it's like, well, I, I hope you got another character in mind because, yeah. But um, I went with a train because train robberies are fun. And in some of the stuff, I don't know if it was in the outtakes or in the the raw versions, but they're like, man, we're going to rob a train. This is cool. But just like Firefly, and it's like kind of. As for the prep or whatever was in there, I knew that somewhere along the line, they were going to run into Boz's ex-husband in a way that she was not prepared for. I didn't know where. I didn't know why or how. I just knew that it was going to happen. This could have been... Um, he could have been doing security on the train. He could have been a passenger on the train. He could have been, um, like, if they went a little bit more physical and wanted to, like, break into some dude's house and get his key cards for access and that kind of thing. It'd be like, well, there's there's your ex-husband. Um, but that was only plan B, because I, I guess plan A was if Boz went looking for her husband, or ex-husband at this case, to to interact with him, then I wouldn't need to put him somewhere because going to check on your family isn't interesting if there's no interaction. Um, and we talked about that a little bit. It's like, look, you know, he's he's going to be around. What does he do? Where does he work? And then um, I arranged so that he would have a, uh, a promotion into shipping and logistics to put him in the way of them doing their job, which was kind of great. Um, for the run that they are about to start, it was a basic idea that I had had previously in my head, um, which I think you've heard, so forgive me for... No, you guys have probably heard that. I think that was 38 or 30. Um, yeah. No, it is. Uh, I had the basic idea of breaking into a security place to ruin uh, organic samples for a while, because it's it's dangerous because it is a security location, but it also has a huge amount of options on how you're going to get in there. You can just break in. You can try the social route. You can try... They could have, if they wanted to be super mohawk about it, they could have gone into the sewers, planted some giant explosives, and just collapsed the basement on itself and ruined the freezer thing. There's a lot of ways they could have gone about it. Um, so that was that... The idea of the Johnson was something, because I don't want... Um, I want to keep bringing back NPCs every once in a while just to keep them around to make it feel like the world is organic. That is why I do some of the downtime uh, some of the downtime NPC talks because this way this way we don't forget who these people are when they pop up later like, oh, I don't who the fuck was that guy? Um, but there's never a huge amount of plans. Uh, 
I wanted to bring up the Johnson, who was the sergeant, who was also apparently somebody that Morgana knows, and from our behind the scenes, um, what should we call it? Uh, NPC downtime stuff. We know that he works with Morgana to do criminal stuff, but we don't know much else about him. And I felt it would be interesting to put the runners, or at, at this point, uh, Mary Sue, Boz, and Richard, in a situation where they are willfully unprepared. Like, this is a security company that's going to have all kinds of security, but they don't have any magical or technical support. So now it's like, shit, we need to bring Chuck in. Because now it's more organic rather than them going to work. I was like, hey, we need a Decker person. And like, well, here's Chuck. You get to work with him now. Now it's a a more organic relationship. And uh, I guess more meaningful is the thing there. But at the same time, I got to use this... Um, I got to use this Johnson, this NPC that we on the outside know is friends of Morgana, but they don't. They just know, oh shit, I remember this guy is a cop. And then, you know, Balls unholsters her gun under the table and that kind of thing, and they try to keep it cool. Um, I specifically mentioned the Honda Artemis out in the parking lot because that is, uh, in whatever book that it's in, it might have been, it don't matter, but it says, like, this is the make and model that Knight Errant uses for their undercover cops. So it was like, ha ha! But nobody asked, uh, nobody picked up on that. But it was, it was there, and it was a little bit foreshadowed. Um, he goes on to ask, "Is there plans for Boz to deal with her ex and children?" I am curious about how that falls out. I will say yes, and I will talk about that more in the spoilers section down below. Lou asks, "How quickly do you implement new materials, mechanics that get published, like Street Lethal and Kill Code, for example?" Um. Full disclosure, I had some, I don't want to say meddling, but I was able to give some input on Kill Code before it came out. Opti came to me and talked about some stuff, and NDAs and all that wonderful things. Um, for kill, for Street Lethal, it was real easy. Anything from the gear section, sure. I don't see anything here that breaks the game in any kind of ways that um, I need to worry about. So if they want to go and get any of those guns, gear, or whatever, sure. Um most of the rest of that book was all GM toys, so it's cool to have, but I don't exactly need. Um, Kill Code, I... So, the thing with Kill Code is it is um, mostly into character creation stuff, of which Chuck is kind of past, but I think we ended up using one or two of the Matrix actions um, recently. I don't remember, and don't want to get into specifics, but I want to say, I definitely remember looking in the book to double-check on something with the uh, with the details on that stuff. Um, I don't have a Technomancer in the group, so none of the Technomancer stuff was relevant. Um, I don't know if he's going to go into buying any of the qualities and stuff. I think it's more on him at this point, looking at the stuff that he wants to pick up. Um, one of the things that we... I definitely talked with him and Richard about was the ear system, the thing that lets you move around while you're in VR. You know, sure, you have a giant penalty, but you can tell that um, you can tell that troll is picking you up and throwing you on his shoulder and carrying you out of there. You know, it's it is better than here, hold my unconscious body in this firefight, right? Um, so a bunch of the other stuff uh is probably completely okay. They're not going to be buying new decks anytime soon because decks are super crazy, which I guess goes back to one of the house rules uh, that I kind of skipped over. 
man, I'm so bad at this, guys. I'm sorry. Um, I allow players to upgrade their stuff. If you are going from, like, Cyberdeck rating 4 to Cyberdeck rating 5, just pay the difference, make the availability roll on the higher thing, and go to it. Because where Cyberdeck's RCC's software, I either don't care about it, you know, oh no, he paid a couple of thousand million to upgrade his rating 4 agent to a rating 6 agent. Oh no. Or it helps to keep mundanes in the game. Like, when they can just upgrade from a rating 2 thing to a rating 3 thing and not have to completely rebuy it, it doesn't it doesn't crush them. Right? They're not waiting forever to have things go wrong. Um... I allow some crafting rules that I did, which basically you take, instead of the charisma negotiation part of the test, you drop that and you add in, like, logic plus hardware to to build a thing. Or, you know, software plus logic to, versus the program's availability in order to get it that way. I still charge you as part of the new yin because I'm lazy and don't feel like working out what it could cost you. And this allows people to, like, I can take my chemistry skill as a person with like two or three charisma and I can use it to make the drugs air quotes that I want to use. Like I can go and I can brew up some narco jet or some jazz or something like that. And there you go. Um, so far, I don't think that they have done anything purchasing wise that made me actually use, uh, availability roles and actual negotiations because it's like, I need some bullets. Okay, I have piles of bullets. That's super easy. Next. Um, I also don't usually care about tracking that kind of stuff unless you get into some super crazy things. Like if you're firing full auto every time for, you know, four passes in a row, you'd be like, eh, maybe. Um, I do working for the man, working for the people to allow you to exchange your karma and Nguyen. I max it out at five times per run. So that this way, if you like, if you do a run for free, you're not dumping... 20 karma into a bunch of new units and suddenly get a giant pile of money. But, um, yeah. Uh, some house rule things that we did for this is in the beginning, through the prologue, before they fell into the shadows, I didn't charge them lifestyle, but for the things that they did, I also didn't give them new unit, I just gave them karma. And any street cred that they gained from the karma that they gained, I took away from them because uh, you're not in the shadows, so you can't have that. Uh, I think that's mostly it. I don't allow pixies because fuck pixies. They are broken. Um, this might be a thing. The the Valerie vampire thing, which I may have mentioned this before, like during the six-month anniversary, um, I, had, I have a document for all my players of short-term goals, long-term goals, and uh, player goals. And one of Valerie's players' goals was to take care of the the paralysis thing. And we were talking about one day and I made the offhanded comment that, you know, vampirism would totally cure that. And then after some chit-chatting about some of the specifics, uh, she was on board. So that was not planned in the slightest outside of, you know, this opportunity exists and if you want to go for it for a interesting and unique character growth moment, I am okay with it. Because I would never... I would never put a PC in a situation where, ha you're a vampire now, because that's not fun. You know, you would, I would talk that kind of thing over with the player beforehand. I would make sure that, you know, everybody at the table was cool with it, that kind of thing. Um, 
There's a lot of talking I'm doing today. Uh, 2Jax asks, what significant changes have you made to the Shadowrun world of Seattle that didn't come from source material? Um, I'm not a great big lore guy, so... Oh. The one thing that's pretty consistent through all of my games is the Tacoma Docks is neutral ground for the major criminal organization players. Because... Everybody uses them to come in and out because there's like the big docks in Seattle. So you have Mafia guys next to Vori guys, next to Yakuza guys, next to some Ancients, next to some Shadowrunners. And they all know that shit is going down. But if they keep quiet and nobody makes a fuss, then the real cops don't have to come in and look at things and not... And everybody doesn't get shut down. So it's... uh. It's in everybody's best interest for that area and the area immediately outside of it within a couple of miles to just keep your shit to yourself. Don't ask questions. Don't get involved. Granted, you know, stuff happens because Shadowrunners. Um, and then I think that's my only major thing that's pretty consistent about a change to Shadowrun. Because I don't know if that's the case. I don't care if that's the case. It makes the docs more interesting that you can have all of these different criminal elements there and they all kind of like, uh, you can't see what I'm trying to do, but it's like that. Yep. Nope. I don't see anything hand over the eyes. Nope. I don't, I don't see what you guys are doing over there. That's fine. Um, I also don't do CFD, I guess, cause CFD is dumb. Uh, two Jacks continues to ask, when will Morgana be proven to be a good and true ally of the team? Hasn't she already, you know, she's, she's done nothing but try to help. And empower these people in this strange and unusual world that they find themselves in. And yet, man, just just the disrespect that she gets. Um, he continues to ask, how many RC jokes do you really have to edit out per episode on average? Per session, um, maybe one or two. But some of that stuff is maybe because it's really off-collar or really bad. Um the veil between RC and the player is, is really thin. Um, which is great, because then I don't have a player that's trying to make jokes and try to be all, all witty and stuff. And the character is actually funny. You know, like he's The character is a, a snarky asshole, which, you know, we've all had those guys that we've run into at tables where they try to be funny, but their character is some grim, dark, super serious, never-smiles-Batman wannabe. But... Um, Richard's usually on point and every once in a while I have to edit some stuff out but it's not too often and they usually end up in the outtakes and if they're if they don't end up in the outtakes and aren't in the episode that's when you know they're really bad and then they end up in the raw files um, will Margaret ever get more screen time does she have a backstory family is she really hiding from a lone shark is she really hiding from lone shark collections in Mary Sue's closet see Here's the interesting part, is I don't know. I haven't really um, delved too much into it, because unlike Mama and unlike uh, Boz's family, Margaret's not a quality. She's not a button that I can just push to be a jerk. I was joking around with RC one time. I was like, look, you, if you ever like botch a sneaking roll somewhere, that's going to be Mama calling you and your phone going off in your pocket. And he's, it's like, sorry, negative quality, got to be annoying. Um, Margaret, on the other hand, I don't have any control over in that methodology. 
I expect to be her to be getting some more screen time coming up, just because. Um, uh, I'll I'll talk about that later. Are Boz and Scrapper secretly dating or just friends? Oh, um, it's kind of funny to to get into that. Um, I, that would be a thing that would have to come up that I would have to talk to Boz's player about whether or not that is a thing to pursue. I don't think that would take. I don't think that would keep Mary Sue from trying to set them up in character, but ultimately, it would depend upon Boz, Boz's player, and how they deal with Scrapper, because you guys don't know a lot about Scrapper right now. You don't know. He could be gay. You don't know. He could be asexual. He could be cybered to the point where he does not see the interest in other people. We don't know. We haven't gotten that far yet in the show. In the, the show that's released, I'll talk a little bit more about this later on. Um, do you think Mary Sue will take over the local chapter of the Ancients? Um, come on. Uh, there was some talks about her, um, I don't know if this made it onto the air, but we were joking about, uh, street names and stuff. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to take over the Ancients and then I'm going to take over Morgana's Empire and go by Queenpin. And it's like, uh, um, but I'll talk about that later too uh has chuck really hit rock bottom you know what's great about chuck is i asked him what happened after the job on campus and he came back with a whole bunch of stuff the McHugh scene was his fault because he because we were talking about what happened because it was like okay he's gotten a little taste of shadow running he's found out more about his situation and where do you want to go from here? And Chuck wanted to, Chuck's player wanted to make Chuck tank, like hit the bottom. Um, so he brought up the idea of not being able to progress his schooling, not being able to live on campus, having to get a garbage job. And I was like, okay. And then I've worked food service myself for like 16 years. So he mentioned getting this McHugh's job and it's like, oh man, I know exactly. I have thankfully never worked at uh, McHugh's, but I've worked enough retail and food service that I can get some ideas on how to make his life fucking miserable. And we went with it because now it's like, now he has a reason to go on an actual properly paying shadow running job rather than just like this chump change 6,000 new yen that he's gotten. He's got a little bit in his pocket and he's gotten a taste, but I don't know if he's hitting rock bottom. Yeah. I don't know if he's hit rock bottom yet. Are you planning a run anytime soon that will let Chuck spread his hacker wings and show the team his superior magic? Oh. Um, this run that they are about to embark on is going to be on the harder side, and they will definitely need to do some hackifying of things. But um, I have ideas for runs, right? Like, But I don't know how they're going to complete them. So if I, um, if I give them a run and they find a way to do it without the Matrix, good on them. If I give them that same run and they find a way to do it through only the Matrix, good on them. So I don't plan what they're going to do, and I don't try to plan for it because it's a, it's an impossible task, right? So that's, that is on them to give Chuck the spotlight to, uh, to fix that up, to, to go those routes. But I'm not going to like... Here's a run that takes place in a foundation. Yeah, screw everybody that's not a hacker. 
Um, is there a Shadowrunner community that the team could become involved in? I feel like there should be a bar somewhere that the runners go to and complain about their fixers or their Johnsons and maybe do some networking. God's my fixers to smoking hellhound droppings. I don't know what he's thinking. Oh yeah, I really like my fixer. Have you talked to Fred? Blah, 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 blah. Um, there are most assuredly these things. Man, stupid headset. Apparently doesn't like me talking for like a half hour without it hearing anything and just recording my voice. Um, so the question was, is there a Shadowrunner community that the team could become involved with? Absolutely. These things 100% exist, both in-universe, in-canon, and all of that stuff. Um, LaFace is a small, probably a, a mid-to-upscale Shadowrunner place. It's just that the cast and the isn't uh, aren't really Shadowrunners, or at least they probably don't really think of themselves that way. And I don't know, uh, I don't know how they feel about how they're going to go about that part of it. Um, it's definitely one of those things, right? Like, man, we've done a few things, but do we want to go hang out at the bar with other professional criminals, liars, thieves, murderers, scoundrels, and terrorists? Or do we just want to kind of do it on the down low, you know? Uh, if they wanted to get involved in that scene, we would go down and we would explore that route. Uh, and I think my last non-spoilers questions are from Eric. Um, when introducing NPCs, do you typically have long-term plans for them from the get-go, or do you wait to see which ones the players will take a liking to before weaving them in? I covered a little bit of this earlier when I was talking about the recurring villain stuff, but I have ideas for NPCs, and then I just kind of, like, spaghetti, throw it at the wall to see if it's done. Um, when important people crop up that could be contacts, I will tell the players to put it on their sheet as a 1-1 contact that serves as a reminder to the player and to myself that as they look down their sheet for options, that this is a person that they have interacted with, that they have established some kind of history with, that they could potentially call upon for assistance. Not all of them are shadow community people. Some of them are other people. Um, like Boz's trainer, for example. He's a person that she could potentially go to for some kind of assistance in something. Um, Margaret, for example, was an NPC that I had done a similar run involving two rich people that were feuding and you know, big great white hunter types, giant mustaches, super old money, does nothing but go on safari and shoot exotic creatures, uh, whose counterpart or rival, as it were, would not stop boasting about this songbird that he had that had the most beautiful singing voice, just would not shut up about it. So he hires runners to go and steal the bird so that his rival would be embarrassed. Only when they get there, they find out that it is a pixie, lounge singer like Margaret's really good at singing she doesn't sing right now because she doesn't well she probably does when people aren't around but it's one of those things where she's been forced to perform which I guess is a little bit of her backstory stuff but that might also just be baggage from uh that other run that I did but after that when they released her Mar uh Mary Sue was talking about keeping her and I uh I spoke to Mary Sue the, the player and I asked do you want her to come back around? And she said yes. So then she became Mary Sue's roommate, and we'll see where things go. Um, 
when they were leaving Paradynamics, in our back in our session zero, we talked about the idea of Doris, the human resources person, would also go down for the the job that they got framed for. But if they went back to her, she could operate as a as a trash tier fixer basically because she might know somebody that can get them some kind of job doing odd jobs, air quotes criminal jobs to to do things with. Um, they went to Scrapper, which worked out differently. Scrapper's not a fixer. He's not connected in that fashion. He's, but he knows people. You know, he was a shadow runner. He can get them in contact with somebody, um, which then led them to Morgana. Uh, there was another option that I'm not going to talk about here that um, they could have also had as a potential fixer. And now, if they want, they could go like. Mary Sue has connections with the Ancients. Boz has this uh, this martial arts guy that is also a Shadowrunner. Um, they can also go through these people. Uh, Chuck knows somebody that is in Ancient Technology Restoration. He who could potentially give them jobs in that uh, that area. Um, they can find other fixers if they want to avoid Morgana. How she'll take that, we'll see, because. You know, if they're like, you know what, we've had a... How they break that crust, or if they don't, or that'll depend upon what happens from there. Um, because who knows? Like, the NPCs, as you guys have seen, are all doing things in the background. And that's... Uh, words. Um, what the PCs do will really influence what the NPCs do. I don't have, like, a plan for the NPCs of stuff that they are doing, but they have plans. They have things that they are working to. Obviously, um, the Johnson that's setting, that's giving them this job that they have has a reason he wants them to do it so that he can do something else. So if they complete the job, he will be able to get this thing. I don't know what that thing is. I operate under the, um, I kind of operate under the axiom that until something is stated at the table in the narrative, Everything can be in flux. Um, you know, I don't need to say Mary Sue's favorite baked good can be anything at any time. Like, I could serve her a chocolate pie, and she'd be like, oh, this is my favorite. But I don't know it's her favorite until it's stated. Her favorite apparently happens to be lemon cakes, because she's weird. Um, so, until we bring that bit of information to the table, it is unknown and it doesn't necessarily need to be known until it's time for it to be known, which I found I feel like is really circular and doesn't make a lot of sense. Let me know if it doesn't make a lot of sense, and I'll try to answer it better in some other kind of... Um. Eric also asked, what was the most unexpected... What was the most unexpected slash derailing action or choice the gang has made so far? Um, the vampire thing was pretty unexpected. Like it was it was made in joke, but then became a pretty big deal, and that was exciting. Um, when I gave them back the katana and wakazashi set that Morgana told them was being sought after by the Yakuza, and they went and they're like, here you go, Chuck, have a sword. I was like, man, that sounds like a terrible idea, but I can't wait for that to come up. Um, cause there is a, there's a ninja out there somewhere looking for it. In addition to a couple of other people that are on the lookout for it, but one specifically out there looking to reclaim it. 
But as I just mentioned, I don't know who that ninja is. I don't know where they'll pop up. I don't know anything about them. I just know that there is somebody in the Yakuza of the family that lost the swords that is out there looking to get the swords back. Obviously, the entire family is looking for them, but this person, whoever they are, is like hitting the pavement, ninja cop style, trying to find out information on where it got. And who knows... They probably have some idea of where it went. Probably know... I feel like that might be spoiler. Uh, probably knows that it went to the auction, but then lost it from there. And it can probably, because they are a criminal person, know that some shadow runners have it. So, who knows where they got that to. Um, I think that's that's it for the non-spoilery part. So, uh, the... I guess thank you guys who are not going to listen to the spoiler section for listening. Um, you guys are free to email me at the without a net pod at gmail.com. Really anything you want. Um, or come hang out on the discord and I just continue to enjoy the show in the way that you are. I would love it if you were to, to share it with people because the more, the more people that see here and enjoy the show the crazier it gets to me i we were talking about gen con as the possibility of going um and i would be blown out of my mind if i went there and was like i don't know just people talking with people about the show that are really into the show is just a really weird feeling that i don't know if i can articulate unless you are also a content creator of some kind I used to get messages on YouTube about some of the stuff that I've made there and about how it's like it's helped people. It's like I I didn't understand what this was like for all of the content that I had consumed until it started happening to me. And it's a very surreal experience and it continues to be. And I want to thank everybody for for making me feel weird about it. Um, but thank you guys for listening. I'm going to drop in the music just so that people have the opportunity to scramble for their phones or whatever to turn this off if they don't want to hear spoilers because after the music, spoilers abound, sort of. Thanks, guys. This is the spoiler section. Granted, they're not super crazy spoilers because this is only like two to three months ahead of where we are in releases, but you have been warned. I'm about to talk about stuff that happens in the run that's about to start in the little bit of downtime after that run has completed and some stuff that I have in mind coming up. So turn away now. Ye have been warned. Alright, starting at the top again with the Reddit questions. Uh, when will we see the one and only Mary Sue triumph over Morgana? So, I actually had a conversation with Mary Sue about her character advance and where she sees her going. Mary Sue hates Morgana and would love to take her literally and figuratively down a peg. And then I asked her the question of, would she kill her? Because these are mostly normal people, right? Sure, they may do professional crime and we don't 
think about killing people on the regular. I asked her, like, well, what would it take for you to kill somebody? Could you kill Morgana? Does she hate her that much? If I were to put her in front of you right now, blindfolded, unconscious, however you want her, could you do it in cold blood? And Mary Sue, I, if memory serves, didn't really have a, an answer for that. She didn't know if she could do it in that situation. Um, so I guess this goes back and forth for all of the questions about Morgana and Mary Sue. Um, we then got into talking about the the fact that the show at some point could have an end. For Shadowrun, at least. Like, I am not going to... I don't anticipate this going on for years and years and years and years because at some point we're going to hit a critical mass where the story no longer makes sense for them to keep running. Like if they got, let's say, captured by a corporation and were forced to work for that corporation, they have come full circle back to working for a corp. The story is more or less over. Um, One of the other options that Mary Sue brought up was she would love to replace Morgana as a... Uh, as a criminal mastermind like she could see herself getting into that situation and I'm like okay but you realize fixers don't go on runs and we talked about it a little bit more it's like this could very easily be a retirement situation for the whole team right um, she she takes over Morgana's position she has balls for physical protection she hires air quotes hires Chuck to do decking, accounting, that Morgana's obviously got these kinds of people around, right? Um, and then uses the team to build her own little criminal empire, taking over the power vacuum from removing Morgana. And um, if that were to happen, I feel like that would be a conversation with the group about, look, this is probably where this story ends. And then we'll go on to something else after that. Um, I don't plan on stopping the podcast. I just don't plan on running the same system over and over again for characters that have long since reached, have gotten over ripened, you know, but I'm super looking forward to seeing what happens with the, uh, the Mary Sue and Morgana situation. Cause it's a very interesting dynamic because normally characters don't hate their fixers. <laughs> and normally if they do, the entire team hates them. But clearly here, it is really only Mary Sue that hates Morgana. Um, so yeah, no, that's gonna be that's gonna be great. Uh, nothing in house rules. Uh, back to Kurt's question about how much planning I do for runs. I have so many crazy ideas in my head right now. Um, I have at least three runs in mind that are they're just setups. Like here you go, you're gonna go into this place and you're going to break some biological samples and the twist is that it is the place that um, Chuck was going to be applying to get a real, like, official fancy job at. Like, Chuck Chuck has this job interview lined up and it just so happens to be at the place you're about to rob, or sabotage or however you want to put it. So I have my idea and then I have my little fucking twist in there that I'm going to uh, I'm going to do stuff with to make it interesting, like with the train job, how they're going to go rob this train, but Boz's family is involved somehow. Excuse me, all this water I'm drinking to try and soothe my throat. Um, so, like, I guess you could call that prep and that I have these ideas, but I never write anything down because I find that I get idea babies if I don't because I have these ideas that just float around in my head and every once in a while they bump into another idea 
just as that like eureka shower thoughts you see the the fucking clouds one day or a song comes on the radio and you get some kind of inspiration and those two ideas make a little idea baby and then it grows and gestates in there and then someday you're hit with just like a this is fucking brilliant and i really can't wait to unleash the the next one of those on mary sue um so yeah uh, is there plans for Boss to deal with her ex and children? And I'm curious how that falls out. Well, here's the funny thing. When you take a bribe to – and this – so this didn't come up until weeks after the job was finished because I have this nice backlog to work with that ideas can continue to gestate before it hits the public, and I can then – tweak things i can put in those little npc conversations because those npc conversations aren't recorded until the week before the episode goes live when i start editing it really um so i had the idea of like well clearly we're not done with your family because we need to make boss's life more miserable um and there was a thing i don't know i don't remember if it made it live yet but boss but i can talk about it because this is the spoiler section Woo. um Boz tried to set up a way to pay some money to her family through the lawyer to to help them out. And I was like, okay, well, clearly I can't let this just go by, right? Something something has to happen here. It just can't – because otherwise it's not interesting, right? You're like, okay, Boz is using this as an excuse for working for the people to change money into karma. Sure. But then I get the idea that you have this orc father – who has three kids, an absentee wife, and is struggling to make ends meet, and then some guy in a slick Italian suit comes up to him and offers, hey, all you gotta do is get this package on this truck, and here's some money. Suddenly, that package never arrives in Seattle where it was supposed to, and those guys in their greasy Italian suits come looking for the guy that they paid to make it happen. And then we'll see where that goes, you know? Maybe they drag him back to Seattle to try and find the people, you know, this way they have him here and have his kids here to um, to try and identify the person that they talked to because they're like, oh, you tell me that some some elf chick t- was talking to you about weird stuff and arranging the cars and then this happened and try to try to figure that out this way. Um, they might also notice in Detroit that the ancients have gotten a little bit more uppity and this hasn't really hit. Uh, anywhere because I don't know if I really want to use it so this may or may not come up but that little gaggle of elves that's the the term for a group of elves is a gaggle um, got their hands on a bunch of hardware right and the older guy in the ancients is going to be pissed off about that because he told he told Mary Sue no that we're not doing this and they were like fuck you we went behind your back and we did it so he's going to be pissed so there's going to be like a power struggle there or something that could spill over into the ancients back in Seattle. Um, uh, talked about Mary Sue and Morgana. Can't wait to see what comes of that. Um, Margaret doesn't have a a backstory for her. There is that little bit of baggage from the other run that I did that could be applied to her. Um, she could have been a fancy pet for some rich kid's daughter that, you know, I want a dolly. It's like, well, you have a bunch of dollies. I want a live dolly. And then they, fucking hire some people to kidnap a pixie or two uh and then like that daughter grows up and they just kind of like well it's alive we don't want to we don't want to just kill it it's just kind of like you know we don't want to put it down or anything um 
but there is some some bad times for Mary Sue coming up, and in those situations, um, Margaret may be a more a more present force, I guess. Not even necessarily like force, but like just might be around because you know they are living together. Um, one of the things that we talked about, Mary Sue and I, was, and I'll I guess I'll get to this now. Um, do you think Mary Sue will take over the local chapter of the Ancients? No, because one of Mary Sue's players' goals was for Mary Sue's life to be made miserable. She's all sunshine and rainbows, and we need to crush that. So things have been going pretty good in the shadows. Things have been going good with the Ancients. And uh, Mary Sue has spent a bunch of her karma buying off the negative qualities that she had at character creation. So she was talking about maybe getting some more negative qualities to uh, to represent things that have happened. And one of the ideas that she brought up was bad rep. That something is going to happen between her and the Ancients. And it's it's going to cause them to split where she will no longer be welcome there. She'll have to go get a new um, a new place to live. And she talked about getting a little... Uh, we decided it would be like a, a special work area that would be like a little garden with a lot of a lot of space and stuff for... Mar- for Mar- so all of these M names, god damn it, uh, for Margaret to fly around in. So we'll see what happens there and that kind of stuff. Um, the one part of the episode, the part of the session that we recorded that's going to be its own episode, we did a during the course of the current run current being the one that they just started they went to Scrapper to ask about buying some gear dumb stuff like a silencer um, just simple things right, that he being a shadow runner, he literally went up to his on top of his counter pulled down a box of junk like we all have somewhere in our kitchen and pulled out a silencer and was like well here you go and then put it back and then did some shopping for some other stuff. Um, but in that process, uh, fuck, I kind of went off completely off track here. Um, man, I really lost that. I'm sorry. I just truncated a bunch of that silence that I was trying to think about what I was talking about. Um, but now, I, now it's completely gone. I could go back and listen to it, but fuck that. That's too much noise. Not too much noise. You know what I mean. Um, so, fuck. Um, I'll move along and probably remember... Oh! Got it. So, in that scene, I think it was that scene, they were talking about the fact that they're on this job, it's kind of a big job, or whatever it was, and he's like, I don't I don't need to know. You don't don't tell me. And he asked, or they... Somewhere in there he found out that they had, like, ten more days to finish the job. He says, you guys are doing pretty good with this. In two weeks, I'm gonna throw a barbecue. So they go through the run, stuff happens, etc. They all survive, sadly. And then we the second part of that session is of like the the final session for that run, the one the last one that we have recorded for now is the barbecue episode. And I cannot wait for this to come out because um it's the first time Chuck and Scrapper meet. They show up at the scrapyard and he's got all of the fixings. He's got drinks, moonshine, Sluweiser, Hurlg. Uh, he's got some pigs on a spit. He's got the the whole nine because he's you know he's like kind of a food guy. And everybody comes in. They bring stuff. Um, 
it was just a good solid like two hours of role playing stuff to find out about people and one of the things that we go into and I'm not going to say it here because even though this is a spoiler section I can't wait for that to come out if somebody really presses me for it I will I will tell them the answer to this but we find out why what changed in the relationship between Scrapper and Morgana which uh which was a lot of fun for people to just kind of like let their hair down and let some of the role play out to to find out more about each other specifically some of the NPCs and some of that kind of stuff cuz that was part of um what was being mentioned in the discord is people were asking questions about these NPCs and I couldn't have answers or didn't have answers it's like look I I don't know yet we haven't put it on the paper yet because it's never come up in the narrative and now that it's come up in the narrative these things are real for these people at the end of that episode drunk mary sue and chuck make uh make mention that mary sue has a roommate and then it's margaret and boz asks who's margaret and mary sue's like you remember that pixie and she's like what and it's fucking hilarious i'm sorry that you guys uh aren't getting should probably cut that i'm sorry if i cut that but basically the team finds out that margaret is living at mary sue's so she might come back some more for that um when will margana be proven to be a good and true ally of the team i she finds mary sue amusing at this point and has actually done a couple of things to to just blatantly help the team you know like they did some runs for her specifically when she was the johnson to to pay back the money that she was out for doing the the sin burning but she also paid them in the process you know she has treated them with nothing but respect as do their station and now we're going to start branching out into some other johnsons um we saw the the cop johnson come back aka galahad um so i know who their next johnson is going to be because uh, organize, they're getting up there a little bit, right? You know, time to get into some organized crime stuff. So they're going to do a job for the Vori, and one of the things that they mentioned was some other contacts that they might want to try and meet, because some uh, some people mentioned getting some cyberware, uh, Boz mentioned getting a treatment for her sensitive system, that kind of thing, bringing back Hair Doctor, which is great, because people have missed Hair Doctor. Um... One of the things they brought up was an arms dealer because they don't want to keep going to Scrapper for for bullets and things. So I already had the idea that they're going to be working for an organized crime guy. Um, so I made it to Vori. And it, which is actually going to call back to a previous thing that they were talking about. Um, they're actually going to be doing a job for Big Ivan and Little Ivan from the code name, that club that the Vori run that Mary Sue asked about way long ago because... Uh, these NPCs continue to exist. I don't need to invent a new Vori guy. We've already established a Vori guy that exists. I don't need two Vori guys that are going to show up for like one thing and then disappear, even though it's Ivan and Ivan, but that's they're together. It, it'll make sense. Um, so the, uh, rather than invent a new person for them to run into as an arms dealer, they're going to do this job for these Russians. And if they do a good job, they will be happy to sh- to sell them guns and ammo and, and things. They will be a legit 
100% arms dealer contact that they can call up for for guns and ammo. So uh, I'm excited about that. Um, has Chuck really hit rock bottom? No. Um, Chuck has definitely not hit rock bottom. One of the things in the advancement stuff that I talked about people and the, the updated goals for you know a couple months in with Chuck was to get his sin burned. So somewhere in there, he's going to get a fake sin. I think he said he wanted to burn his sin as like a, a player goal. Uh, and he's going to look into creative finances as a knowledge skill and stuff so that he can... Um, we call it he can uh be more criminally aspected we'll call it uh the the current run to answer the are you planning on a run anytime soon that will let chuck spread his hacker wings and show them his superior magic the current run that they are on um is very technical so it has a lot to do with chuck and rc using their their hardware skills their software skills some hacking some engineering skills that kind of thing there's a lot of that kind of stuff to for them to do um, so that was, that was kind of by design because we had had some balls focused stuff with the train run. We had a bunch of Valerie stuff with the vampire thing. We had some Michael stuff with Michael going away. We had, um, some minor RC stuff with mama, but now that things have kind of settled out oh, and a bunch of Chuck stuff when Chuck was introduced. So now we have a time for RC to really flex his muscle and show his skills off because I don't want this to be the Mary Sue show, even though she gets a lot of screen time because she's doing a lot of terrible things and like pissing off the team while at the same time telling Morgana they're going to do a job for free. So, uh, that's fun. Right. So she kind of puts herself out there in the forefront to, to be a mess. Uh, I think that's all I have for spoilery things to kind of talk about. Um, I'm super excited to see where things go. Oh, I guess this specifically, uh, what is Morgana thinking about the shadow feud with Mary Sue? Morgana is not above turning her into stone and dropping her in the sound and being rid of her forever. Uh, it was one of the things that I actually wish that I had done back when Mary Sue got up in her face when, uh, when Michael was like, hey, I need to, to leave town. Um, and Mary Sue started throwing threats. Is I was like, man, how much do I want to escalate? So I went with like just the heebie-jeebies from the foreboding spell. But if Mary Sue had pressed her luck, literally, Morgana would have just turned her to stone. Be like, petrify! What are the rest of you gonna do? All right, I'm leaving, and then just let her stew there for a while. Kind of like when uh when they were at Lafay's and. More uh, when Mary Sue was given her lip and she just silenced her so she couldn't speak. Well, she could speak, just nobody could hear it. It was great. Uh, so Morgana is not a nice person, but she is a fair person. So if she gets the idea that Mary Sue is trying some shit, she is not above smacking the proverbial bitch. You know, like you you can't you can't maintain face in a criminal industry when you've got some nobody giving you grief on the regular, sooner or later that nobody has got to get smacked in the face and sat the fuck down or else you look like it. You, you start to lose the respect that you hold because suddenly, well, if that nobody can be like, nah, fuck you, 
then I'm going to be like, nah, fuck you. So you got to make an example. Sorry. Nothing personal. It's all professional. Oh, man. This, this was like two hours of talking. Holy shit. Um, but if you guys made it through all of this stuff, I will be happy to kind of talk a little bit more about the spoiler stuff if you hit me up on the Discord. I assume that nobody is going to go spoiling stuff because nobody that I've met so far about the show has been that much of an asshole. But uh, as I said earlier, you guys are great. Thank you guys for asking these questions. I hope these spoilers were to your liking. Um, There is some super heavy spoiler stuff that I have in mind that I only say is super spoiler heavy because we haven't put it on paper yet or to audio, basically. You know, it hasn't happened in the game. So I don't want to be like, well, Mary Sue's dead. Because, you know, that that's not a thing that's happened, right? So I don't want to be like that kind of specific, uh, those kinds of specifics as to what is going to happen. Because I, cause I don't know. That's why we play this game. We play to find out what happens. But uh, I'm going to let the... Uh, theme music. I could not remember that word. I want the theme music roll out into the legal stuff. There's no outtakes, obviously. Um, I can't wait for you guys to hear the next episode, because it's going to be awesome. And you guys have a good day.